you are listening to the Doc Doc Goose podcast. Welcome to episode five of the Doc Doc Goose podcast, the podcast that is never politically correct and always HIPAA compliant. I did it right the first time. Nailed it. Nailed it. My name is Sean Palmer. I'm one of your docs. This is Ben Imes. He's the other doc. Definitely a doctor. And our goose, Matt Imes. Still not a doctor. Really? It's been a month. Why didn't you? Uh, you didn't do it that time? Day, maybe. Uh, not yet. I appreciate that. The name stays the same, Doc Doc Goose. Good. I think I'm going to launch right into our disclaimer. (laughs) (laughs) Obviously, you can already tell that everything that you hear on this podcast should not be taken as medical advice. This is just us uh, trying to do some educating and uh, really enjoying the art of medicine. Uh, We are not establishing a physician-patient relationship with you, an architect-patient relationship with you, or a PT-patient relationship with you. Please don't sue us. Do architects have patients? I, I don't know. What do they have? No, but I treat clients. There with you go. They're new clients. Buildings. Yay! Uh, and the other reason you should not listen to our advice is because from day to day we could be drinking while doing this, and that just doesn't mix. Also, don't drink and drive. You can drink it podcast though. It does make. <laughs> but that actually outcomes. is legit. You're allowed to do that. <laughs> Uh, I just I have two things from this week that I want to talk about. First of all, I, I've mentioned this before. I helped out at the residence clinic um, with family medicine, um, training uh, new residents, and uh, uh, I supervise over there two days a week. And for some reason, we have been diagnosing a lot of syphilis lately, and that's freaking me out, people. If you have syphilis, don't share it with your friends. Just come into the doctor, get it treated, and don't let it go on so long that it starts spreading all over your body. So uh, that's number one. Uh, Just a little PSA for everybody out there. That's a public service announcement. So (laughs) PDA is what has led to this PSA, really. mm -hmm. Yeah, a little. Um, What what are the body-wide symptoms of syphilis? I'm asking for a friend. For a friend, yeah, yeah. Um, you see but, that rash that you have on your hand eat. there? That's so um, uh, it's one of the few um, conditions that can cause a rash on the palms of your hand as well as on the soles of your feet. Uh, there, there are other ones out there, but certainly that's one of them. Uh, and they cause these kind of um, these sores that can be kind of painful and itchy. So when we see it on both palms and hands of somebody, you kind of start thinking about that, especially when they've been lasting for a while. Um, and so that's that's what we've been seeing a lot of. It's, it's At this point, it's called secondary syphilis, where it's kind of spread around. So it's kind of fun. Can it be spread by touch? Um, yes. A lot of it, I think, depends on the touch. Wait, wait, wait. Well, if they have blisters on their hands, you shake their hand, you're not going to get syphilis. No, 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 no. But if, so it needs to it needs to be able to break a barrier. So if you've got an open wound on your hand and then you shake their hand, that that's where you're going to get into trouble. I had no idea you could catch syphilis that way. Uh, I don't think you should try it. Didn't say uh, I was going to. But 
that would that would theoretically be possible, I think. So, or if you kiss their hand, you it, could get it. I, I suppose that's true. Or lick it. Yeah. Or their feet. <laughs> Just like Ben's story earlier, I, there are a lot of questions that I want to ask uh, Matt to follow up with that, but I'm not going to. <laughs> So those are your st- uh, you got second is, story. Go ahead. The other thing is, guys, there's a new Spider-Man movie out. It's animated. Uh, this is one of the best movies I've seen in a long time. I don't want to set you guys up for for failure by t- overhyping this movie, but it is phenomenal, absolutely phenomenal. I laughed, I cried, I cheered, and it was absolutely amazing. Go see it right now. That's, also, that surprises. Today's me. episode has been sponsored by. Spider-Man. <laughs> the real one? And his spider friends. <laughs> Sean, what about you? How was your week? Uh, the week was fine. Um, I have a story from this morning I'd like to share. Nothing health-related, as most of this stuff has not been so far. Have ha, Now, Matt, you have a fish. I don't know if you I, remember. How long ago did you buy that fish? How, how old is Bartholomew? So, uh, so if you want to get into that, Bartholomew's dead. No! So his brains exploded about a month ago. Yeah. So just... From the inside. And so (laughs) is while I was away. And so uh, the guy that... One of my friends that was watching my dogs told me about this. No. What? Hold on. How, How does this happen? Is this documented um, truth? This is not documented truth. I think you might be making this up. How does this work? How does a fish's brains explode? <laughs> and are they, they telling you the story because they actually killed them a different way, but this just sounds maybe more believable. <laughs> this sounds more believable? <laughs> I don't know. It could... It, it, so many questions. So many questions. I gave up, bought a new fish. So oh, what's this one name? Um, <laughs> so my wife, I asked her if she wanted to name fish and she gave me the name happy. So my new fish's name is happy. All right. Happy. Awesome. What kind of fish is happy? A beta. Oh. A male blue mustard beta. Okay. Now, then you can tell me if you had the same experience that I have in buying a fish, which is the experience I had this morning. So tomorrow our our office is having a a white elephant gift day, and I'm going to give fish and chips. (laughs) So I'm going to gift a live fish and some Pringles. Wow. (laughs) In So I went in to buy a goldfish. Went to PetSmart to buy a goldfish. And the lady's like, well, how big is your aquarium at home? Uh, I I don't have one. Well, it needs a 25-gallon tank minimum. For a goldfish? 25-gallon? Yeah. For a goldfish? With a filtration system. That's a small pond. Seriously. I'm like, how big is this thing going to get? She's like, it gets like 11, 11 uh, inches. I'm like, I have never seen an 11-inch goldfish. But she was adamant about this. This lady was not paying attention. This lady was not playing around. And it, from uh, from this part of the conversation, I was like, if I don't play my cards very carefully, I'm not walking out of here with a fish. Yeah, like, she's looking at me like I'm going to kill whatever I buy today, and that's not cool with her. Yeah, 
so start talking to her about it. And she's like giving me all these questions about, well, do you have this at home? Do you have this at home? How are you going to do this? How, they need, they need air. They need this. You need, you need uh, fish flakes. Here's how you actually feed them fish food. You need this for water conditioning, like dechlorination. I'm like, you've got to be kidding me. I want to fish in a bag for 24 hours that will stay alive until someone can open a box tomorrow and laugh at it. That's all I want is that's not possible. And uh, so I had to lie to her the whole way and be like, oh yeah, okay, we'll get this. Well, will they, will they live in a, will they live in like a cheap fish bowl for like a day? Yeah, but you have to make sure the person has X, Y, Z. Oh yeah, I'll make sure. I'll make sure they have all those things. Yeah, we'll, we'll do this. 31 cent fish. Just to make it out of there today, I spent $14 on crap that will keep this thing alive for the next 24 hours. Nice. <laughs> Just so I can give it to someone else tomorrow and say, it's your problem when this thing dies. <laughs> and by the way, don't talk to Elizabeth at PetSmart. She will judge you. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's awesome. Now, wow. can I just share something that is super scary? Of course. Uh, so I'm, I've also got an Amazon page pulled up while we're kind of talking about this. Amazon just pulled up a recommendation for me for goldfish in a bag earrings. No. This is the scariest thing I've ever seen in my life. They're Amazon, listening, stop listening to our conversation. Not cool, Amazon. Not cool. Do you have an echo in your room? Not in this room. Oh, but you have your phone. That's it. I guess I do. That's how they do it. This, this is freaking me out. Are you going to buy those earrings? I've already added them to my cart, so <laughs> <laughs> yes. So Amazon new. Amazon new. Fast. Yeah. yeah, they're like, well, this guy's a sucker. So this is the diet episode that everybody's been waiting for. In episode three, we subjected ourselves to different diets that were submitted to us online by people. And we had a week, some of us a full week, some of us maybe not, of doing Spoiler a Spoiler alert. <laughs> <laughs> and today's the day we get to talk about that experience. So my, my diet that I had was the Whole30 diet, and it's actually designed to be a 30-day diet. And so I, I went into it knowing that it's supposed to be 30 days, but only going to be doing seven days. Uh, it, it was, I was very optimistic that I could make it seven days. How long did you make? We'll, we'll get to that. We'll get to that. <laughs> I almost made it all seven days. <laughs> uh, but I, I went into this optimistic and and almost excited. Okay. Almost excited. Yeah. Almost Maddie? excited. Yeah. Um, I, I went in not excited, <laughs> um, but uh, with a good attitude and... I did mine, well, I won't spoil how long I did mine for, but it actually turned out to be better than I thought um, in a few ways, and I'll talk about that more later. All right. Sean, what about you? I was probably a little more pessimistic about it. Just like I have to subject myself to something to not get results out of it, and yeah. I got surprised by it, and we'll talk about that. Um, so really, especially the first two days i was pretty grumpy because especially you wake up without uh without eating and um because what, what diet did you have again i did intermittent fasting which there oh, yeah. are multiple versions of and we'll talk about what i did and what the other versions are um yeah so basically you wake up and you don't you, you are not allowed anything that you want until at least noon um so that's that's a that's a rough way to start your day on a monday or tuesday I feel like I could deal that as long as I can still drink coffee. 
Yes, I completely agree uh, with you, but we'll talk about that because uh-huh. I'm in the same boat. But I'm particular about my coffee, and this did not allow me to be particular oh, about my gosh. coffee. By the end of it, it, it was it was good. I could I could have gone longer with it. So let's get into then the uh, the specifics. Matt, you want to tell us about what you did, what your diet was, talk about the week's experience, uh, yeah, how you so- felt on it, what your results were. My diet was the Mediterranean diet, and that included pretty much any foods you find in the Mediterranean. So that included lots of uh, seafood, fish, shellfish, um, lamb, not much red meat otherwise, um, uh, not using butter, so substituting olive oil for that. Uh, lots of vegetables, um, easy on like starches such as, um, well, I guess easy on uh, pasta. Mm-hmm. And yeah, so for the most part, it was just, it didn't really feel like a diet, but more of um a way of eating and so in that sense is really good because um i like a lot of mediterranean food and it led me to start cooking more and so that's good also um for me um i'm used to getting food either to go or going out to eat um and just making a quick meal and so with this, it made me actually like slow down for a little bit, go through the process of cooking and actually take some time to relax. So that's the benefit that I got out of this diet is um, actually seeing that I should try and cook more. Hmm. Um, but as far as the diet goes, I think it's hard to get too much out of it just because it was just for one week, and I'm not even sure I knew the full rules of the diet, and so I'm not sure how closely I followed it, but I tried as best as I could, so <laughs> yeah, it's it's hard to say how the diet worked. Did you happen to weigh yourself before and after? I did. Um, I'm sure I did. I don't have any records of it, so... Uh, how did you feel during the week? Did, did you notice a difference in how you felt? I don't know if it's supposed to. We can talk about the science of the diet as well. No, I, I'd say the only difference I felt was just a, a sense of calmness when it came to mostly towards dinner time. Um, just because I would take time to actually go to the grocery store, uh, get the ingredients or the... Um, different foods to cook that night and um, I think psychologically or mentally it helped more than anything as far as a weight difference I didn't notice a a difference but you were you did it for about a week so I did wouldn't expect a huge weight difference at that exactly and that's kind of my point that it's doing it for a week it's even 30 days I think you my my view on it is you'd notice a minimal difference. I think if you 
kept doing it for a significant amount of time, that's when you'd really start noticing differences in weight and uh, health and so forth. And one of the one of the things that I, I really like about the Mediterranean diet, this is one that I recommend to my patients all the time, um, is that there's actually um, studies backing it up that it has heart uh, benefits. So it, it helps, um, especially in those who have already had uh, like heart attacks, that it can kind of help them get healthier and maybe maybe decrease the risk of having another one. So um, it, it's a fantastic lifestyle diet if you can make it over to that instead of a week-long diet so what is it cardiovascularly that it uh the diet helps to change uh it reduces um a lot of the inflammatory kind of uh foods that you take in um there's a whole lot of controversy on what actually causes uh really like the, the bad cardiovascular disease um but more and more studies are coming out saying that's not so much the the fat that's going to kill you. Uh, it's taking in uh, a lot of carbohydrates. And so this one kind of gets rid of a lot of those bad carbohydrates and really emphasizes, like Matt was saying, chicken, fish, um, and a lot of vegetables. So, Matty, if you had to be subjected to it again, would you? Uh, if I had to be subjective to a diet, I would choose that one. Yes. At at the same time, so the downsides of being on a diet for me is it threw off some of my uh, weekly routines. And so there's uh, certain certain foods that I look forward to on a weekly basis or going to go eat. And that got cut out because they didn't fall within the Mediterranean diet. Okay, give us as an example. Uh, so Mexican food. Okay. Um, <laughs> <laughs> oh man, I know, it's so hard to give up Mexican food. So yeah, Phil so I, was out. I I probably eat Mexican food, if not once a day. Um, I'd say at least every other day I have Mexican food. So wow, was there anything else you had to give up specifically? Uh, no, nothing else really. What was the best meal of the week that you had? Yeah, so (laughs) with this process, I think I turned this into more of an Instagram feed where I was talking about like the food I prepared and showing that off just because I didn't know any health changes from day to day. So didn't really know what to focus on and talk about on these videos. video diaries that we were doing. And so uh, the most interesting, the best meal that I made was clams. And um, I made a lot of fish. So that was good. Grilled a good amount of vegetables. So that was always great. Was there anything bad that you had to eat? Uh, No. Because you pretty much had your choice over the stuff. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Okay. Any any other thoughts that you hadn't hit so far about the Mediterranean diet? I don't think so. Um, it's in return, it's led me to eat Mediterranean food a little more often. Hmm, okay. um, I I think I've gained a better appreciation for it, and um, yeah. 
I, I don't eat as much as I did when I was on diet, but I have included it at least probably two or three times a week. Ben, what did you do or not so do? I, <laughs> settle down, settle down. I did the whole 30 diet. You guys, um, they the have whole a two diet. Shh, so I'll get to that. <laughs> I want to give you a little bit of the science behind their diet first before I talk about kind of what I did. Uh, the whole 30 diet, I think this is a fantastic looking diet on paper. Um, it's a drastic, radical change to what you're eating. Uh, these, these guys who have developed this diet say, Hey, there's some stuff that really cause a lot of inflammation in the body and can negatively, uh, impact kind of, uh, pretty every, everything in your body, uh, by eating them. Um, and their, their big thing is, is sugars, grains, dairy, and legumes, which include peanuts. Um, and, and so really they, they get you to try and cut out all of that. Um, they're very big into not having any processed food. Um, and so that's an, another thing. And their, their whole goal is do this for 30 days, kind of reset your body and then eat healthy from there. Um, <clears throat> yes. Some of you have so, questions already. Yeah. I've got a question. So with it, is it meant to be just 30 days and then you get rid of it and never come back to it? Uh, yes and no. So they've got a couple different ways of doing it, but their big thing is do it for 30 days and then from there go into a healthy diet from there without while slowly reintroducing some of these foods. And then if you ever have like a, a, a resurgence of some of the symptoms that kind of initially made you want to go on this diet, then you kind of pull that food back. So it's almost like an elimination diet where you mm -hmm. really scale down significantly and then slowly add foods back in after that 30 day. So is there like okay. a cleanse component to it then? Uh, there's no cleansing though. Um, their job, they're, they're, you know, it's not like uh, take a bunch of laxatives or drink a bunch of lemon juice for the first two days. Um, it's, it's, eliminating all the stuff that you really would eat normally and cutting the amount of food that you have available to you uh, really down. They don't limit calories at all, but you really don't have a whole lot of options as far as food. It's like very much non-processed food. It's more raw food and they really discourage fruits even hmm. really? um, while you're on this. Mm -hmm. Why is that? Um, again, because uh, fruits have a lot of sugar in them as well. It's not processed sugar, but it's still a sugar. So I went on this diet for seven days. I made it through day one and I was feeling pretty good. Uh, I made it through day two and I was feeling pretty crummy. At the end of day one, I was like, man, I, I snack sometimes throughout the day. Like if I, if I need a snack, like I'll just grab something and I couldn't find anything to grab. So I went to Safeway and bought like $40 worth of just snacks that fit the whole 30 diet. Did it? And they were like banana chips that were like freeze dried bananas straight. That's it. There's nothing else in them. Wow. And you can't do peanuts, which are kind of a normal go to snack for me or peanut butter. Uh, so I got almond butter. I got things like uh, sunflower seeds and um, what else? Special beef jerky because most beef jerky has a lot of sugar in it to help process it. So I had to get like special beef jerky. And so day two, I tried eating a lot of that stuff. Um, it was interesting. Uh, day three, uh, I made it for about 
Uh, I made it till about 1130. And then I had a very tiny piece of a candy bar. And it was the most glorious tiny piece of a candy bar I've ever eaten in my life. Okay, can I it read was... the text that I uh, that I received from Ben when he decided this? I, I believe it was at the moment. He said, <laughs> he said, screw it. I give up. I'm eating a candy bar. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, so here's the thing. Uh, my office staff was begging me to eat a candy bar. I was so hangry. You guys, day two, they were like, you need to eat something. We cannot stand being around you. You are so just not yourself. And so by day three, they they wore me down and I was feeling awful. And uh, that candy bar really cured everything. So did you have any patients that like offered you a Snickers or anything? It was like, dude, I don't, I don't like you right now. They were like, please, please eat something. You just don't seem right. Um, and then I tell them about the whole 30 diet. They're like, we'll, we'll go get you something from the uh, from a vending machine. And I was like, mm, I got to stay strong. Got to stay strong. So I texted my wife right after I ate the candy bar. I was like, I, I was like, I, I cheated on my diet today because she actually went and went in all, all in with me also and, and, and had the whole family do the whole 30 diet for seven days. Oh, really? And oh, nice. yeah, she was like super behind this with me, supported me. And I was like, and so she was on day two and a half also. And I was like, I cheated. I ate a candy bar <laughs> and she's like, I cheated. I cheated she, on you, Jamie. I cheated on you, Jamie. I With had another a candy bar. Candy bar. <laughs> and she was like, she's like, Oh, that's not so bad. I totally would have thought you would have like had like a giant Coke and a bunch of nachos. And I texted her back. Cause I was literally in the car at this point. I'm like, actually I'm on my way. I've already called in an order of super nachos from the local <laughs> restaurant, Mexican restaurant. And uh, I'm on my way there. It was fantastic. Well, if you're going to cheat, go all the way go all in um it, it, it's a good diet it's i can see uh how it could be very helpful for some people the, the thing is for me like my diet is so terrible and just on a normal basis that i literally cut out 99 percent of everything that i would eat and um it, it was hard for me to go from uh you know 60 miles an hour down to uh, a crawl that quickly yeah, so most people don't know this, Ben, but I've known you my whole life. Mm. And pretty much all throughout junior high, high school, college, probably even now, you've always had candy stashed somewhere. Like, you've always just kind of had that sweet tooth. Yeah, and I always have it on me. Yeah, exactly. And it's good because whenever I want candy and I'm around you, it's i know it's gonna be there right um but yeah so you've had that sweet tooth so i i surprised you even made it two and a half days uh, me too i i gotta say i'm pretty proud of myself at this point so maybe <laughs> <laughs> i'm steps. giving myself Baby a pat steps. on the back right yeah. now good yeah. job doctor that's good <clears throat> sean what do you have uh, I, I have a quick question for you oh no what, how did uh, the rest of the family do that, that week? Did, did they continue on this? Uh, yes. The rest of the family kept going with whole 30. Um, when we got done with whole 30 for the, for, but they did it for seven days only. And um, my, my kids uh, hated every minute of it. Um, when we finally told them that we were coming off of whole 30, they cheered. Isn't that right? Yeah. Yeah. They, it was, <laughs> It was kind of awful. This is this is my tiniest little human. Um, she's six years old, and she did not like the whole thirty diet. 
It was, it was, it was tough <laughs> on the kids. <laughs> Poor guys. Right? Yeah. Yeah. And uh, once we got off of Whole30, what did you say? Yeah, you don't want to do it. Okay. Okay. She can't hear us, right? No. Kate, can you ask her a question? Ask her what the worst thing is she had to eat that week. What What was the worst thing that you ate on the Whole30 diet? Mm, I don't know. You don't know? Did you eat anything bad? No. No, we just couldn't eat the normal foods, right? Yeah. 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 It's tough to give up Slim Jims. I understand. <laughs> we, uh, we had to, like, you couldn't eat crackers. Uh, what? Um, because they have sugar in them, and so anything with even saltines, saltines have sugar in them. I mean, they're, they're they're basically like a straight up carbohydrate. Like you just can't eat them. Like potatoes are kind of mostly out. It was it was rough. Uh, it was rough. <laughs> and like you can't eat. So everything has to be like homemade, basically, because you can't eat out. Everything out has a ton of sugar in it too. So. so, so going along the kind of discussion of your kids doing this with you, have there been studies of diets being harmful for children? So they can be helpful for adults, but they may be harmful if you're young, too young. You know, I think that's a good question. I don't know of any studies, and and that would just be because I haven't done a literature search on that, but. Uh, you want to be careful with kids. Uh, they're still developing and they do need nutrients. Yeah. And so when you're on a very limited restrictive diet, certainly that can be dangerous. The The biggest thing that you want to worry about is not to do any cleanses with kids. Like okay. cleanses are pretty terrible things to do to your bodies. Your body, our bodies are designed to handle toxins. And when you do cleanses, you really disrupt a lot of natural processes. And to do that to a child, I... Uh, believe is very dangerous. So, okay, Dr. Palmer. So I had intermittent fasting and there are a couple of different types of this. Um, they're, they're usually expressed in ratios. So either the five two ratio, which means there are five days of normal eating and two days that are limited or the one that I chose was a 16, eight, which is 16 hours of fasting and eight hours of normal eating. So basically during your, your times of eating, go nuts, do whatever you want. Uh, there are no restrictions, uh, no limitations in any way, shape or form, big out, have fun. So that's the 12 PM to 8 PM window is the eating window. Then from 8 PM to the next day at noon again, nothing except water. You can do black coffee in the morning. So my biggest struggle was that I love coffee with a lot of flavored creamer in it. <laughs> and I couldn't do it. Um, had a black coffee, um, or you can do bulletproof coffee. Have you ever heard of bulletproof coffee? Yeah. So no. I, one, one of the videos that's going to come out after we, after we release this is my idea of bulletproof coffee and what this is. It's disgusting. In some <laughs> I've never heard of it. <clears throat> so I'll have to dig more into what people actually think it does. So it's, it's, it's basically black coffee with butter up to oh, like two oh. tablespoons of butter. Oh yeah. my gosh. Yeah. I did, Why? I did one tablespoon of butter and that was enough, but you can do up to two tablespoons of butter in a cup of coffee, not a pot in a cup. Yeah. And then uh, MCT oil, which is most commonly found in coconut oil. Um, I do not recommend though, actually doing coconut oil in the coffee that and butter gives you a buttery burpee 
flavor all morning, and nobody wants that on an empty stomach. <laughs> what? <laughs> so that was wait, rough. This this sounds horrible. What's the <laughs> point of this? Of the the uh, bulletproof coffee. Yes. Um, like I said, I have to dig into it a little bit more, but I, from everything that it's been sold to me, it's that it helps like give the, the proper, um, amount of like fats and stuff to your brain to help like think faster, like function better. It, it um, helps you dodge bullets. <laughs> yeah. That's what like, they call bulletproof oh. that you're just, just supposed to be your brain is functioning on a higher level. Uh, I did not find that. I had two different days of bulletproof coffee in different forms. Uh, the first day I did the, uh, the uh, like I said, I cut the, the butter in half. I did the one tablespoon and then I did uh, actual coconut oil. And that was absolutely disgusting. <laughs> and here's how, how my week started out. Cause that was Monday. So first day of the diet, I'm already grumpy waking up. Cause like I said, I couldn't have the coffee that I look forward to. And I'm a coffee addict to where like I go to bed at night looking forward to waking up for my cup of coffee with flavored creamer. <laughs> yes. I, I, I'm with you. Thank you. I, I, yeah. So I have a problem. I admit that now. It's <laughs> uh, <laughs> so I woke up Monday morning already grumpy that I couldn't have that. I'm trying to make bulletproof coffee and you have to blend this thing. Um, oh. I got the wrong lid for the blender. So it went everywhere when it started. Oh, so it was horrible. And so now I'm like, I, I, this is like, so I wake up at four 30 in the morning. This is like four 45 and I'm cleaning coffee off the ground and the shelves. Cause it just went everywhere from the blender. And I'm already going, Nope, screw it. I'm done. I'm not doing this. <laughs> <I'm out. laughs> and then like I sat there and had to think about it, like stare at it for a while. And finally I, I, I picked myself off the floor and did it. Saturday oh. was disgusting. Like I said, from like four 30 in the morning until noon when I could eat, I was just burping up like buttery, greasy flavored coffee and it was that, disgusting. So who, who came <laughs> up with this idea? It's it just sounds horrible. I can't remember, but there are a lot of companies that are like trying to um, capitalize off it now. Like they'll make bulletproof coffee, like, like their own brand of bulletproof yeah. and they'll make that mix on the side of oh. the stuff that goes in it. A girl that works with me, she, um, she also does bulletproof coffee, but she does like the MCT like powder, uh, with butter in it. And she's like, I never, like I was telling her my experience that day. She's like, I never feel like that during the day. And so she, she brought me one of her concoctions the next day, put that in the coffee. It was better. I wasn't burping up that thing, but I didn't notice any difference that day. You know? up that thing. <laughs> <laughs> my more eloquent way of putting it. Um, I, I, but I didn't feel like more mentally aware. There was no difference. I felt maybe I need to do it for a long time in advance. Maybe I need a detox most likely from the way I drink coffee. I probably need a detox for like a year or two before I'll start feeling better. Yeah. Um, but cause there is a lot of sugar in my coffee usually, um, which is probably the worst thing in my diet day to day. So past the, uh, the bulletproof coffee. So I only did that experiment two mornings. So anyway, you can have black coffee or bulletproof coffee. You can have water until noon. Once it hits noon, you're off to the races. Whatever you want to shovel in your mouth, you can do. Um, so that that part wasn't bad. So you get to like 11 o'clock, especially the first couple of days, and you're, you're ready for lunchtime to come around. You're staring at the clock. Uh, but otherwise, lunch is the same. Dinner's the same. You can have dessert after dinner. Whatever you can get in before 8, I usually you know, after dinner crammed as much as I could and right before eight o'clock. And then the next day starts all over again. 
until you're you have your open window. So once you once you got that break in the diet, did you feel that you were going overboard, or did you eat normal? Yeah, were you like binging? Um, no, and that's what I was kind of surprised at is that honestly, I still and I can't say that there's much reason behind this, but I I still ate a little bit better that week. Quite honestly, I had a few salads at work. If I did bring a salad to work. You know, if, if, uh, if coworkers were grabbing something from fast food, I usually told them to go you know, get me a fry or something like that. But otherwise there's, there's really nothing else that was different than, hmm. uh, than other weeks of eating. Um, there's, there's some, like the first day, this is a rookie mistake. I did bring a salad the first day with like deli meats on top of it or something like that. And I got through with that. I'm like, why the heck did I do a salad with stingy deli meats for the first day of doing this. I am right. Starving. You can eat anything you want. <laughs> as um, much as you want. So I did that rookie mistake, but otherwise it, it wasn't that, that bad. You know, when, when you got to the 10 o'clock to 12 o'clock area, you know, you're grumpy, I guess, just like you said, Ben, I had staff that was not happy with me and especially like my tech, I, it was either right before lunch on day one or day two, I think it was day one, actually, I told her what I was doing and she's like, oh, that explains so much. <laughs> <laughs> That's why you're a complete so, so they were So they were counting the, the hours down until 12 o'clock each day as well. I did weigh myself the beginning of the week and end of the week. And shockingly, I lost four pounds in a week. Wow. Yeah. Mm. Um, and that, that seems to be consistent with what people say uh, about the diet. The reason for the diet is that you are, um, the reason you're not limiting yourself during your eating periods is that you want to keep your metabolism up and kind of fire it up during that time and eat. So it's consuming all the calories. And then you're only, you're not fasting for a long period of time in the grand scheme of things. You're only fasting long enough, um, for your body to kind of burn up what you had eaten and continue to burn at that rate. So it doesn't actually slow down. Um, until you start eating again, it keeps up at that rate. So then it keeps burning during your fasting periods. Like I said, they're not long enough periods where it actually slows down and stops burning that stuff to conserve, um, what it has to keep you alive. So in theory, it makes sense yeah. uh, and it worked. There's nothing else that was really special about that though. I, I think anyone that, that as long as your daily routine, the hours you wake up and go to bed, uh, aren't too egregious with it. I think it was harder on me because I woke up so early. So if you wake up at nine o'clock, it's yeah. not, not that big of a stretch to go till noon. <laughs> um, but if you wake up at, you know, four 30, uh, to have the first patient by seven and you're working hard you know, in the morning like that, it's a little bit rougher. Um, and then as long as you don't have something like I look forward to like in the morning, like coffee so much, there's really not much adaptation outside of that. So it's a rather easy one to follow for most people probably. I'll tell you, I pretty much follow the intermittent fasting diet just on a regular basis for myself. Um, and I've been doing that for a couple months now. And I've lost about 20 pounds. Wow. Um, what made you start doing that? Um, You're too lazy to make breakfast in the morning? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> hey, I, even, though, even though I get free food at the hospital, um, uh, it's a lot of extra work to go down to the I work on the fifth floor to go down to the second floor, get the food, and then walk back up to the fifth floor. I just don't have time in the morning. And so by the time I'm ready to eat, it's usually about 12 and then I'm good to go. So, it, so it's, it's, it's not necessarily an intentional thing, but it, it it's happens. 
Do you do coffee in the morning? Uh, I do not drink coffee. Uh, like I said earlier, I, I'm drinking a Red Bull now, but that's kind of infrequent for me. Um, I just haven't been sleeping well lately, so I don't normally do a whole lot of caffeine. Okay, at all. You at all. Too much caffeine. Okay. Uh, some days we'll it, it, secrets it, on that. So it's interesting because going back to Ben's childhood, um, <laughs> <laughs> and and what I know about Ben that uh-huh. everyone else doesn't is. You know, you've had some bad reactions to too much caffeine before in the past. Yeah, I have. I have. And so it just the the more I go about life, the more I learn that, you know, we are all wired very differently. And so my wife is similar to Ben, where she can only take in small amounts of caffeine Otherwise, if she takes in too much, uh, it, it causes a lot of stress and anxiety and so forth. Um, yeah, exactly. So. Exactly. And, you know, the thing is, uh, I, I've made it outside this age range now, but we, we see in studies that um, people younger than 30, as they take in more caffeine, they're more likely to develop um, abnormal heart rhythms that can potentially be fatal. Um, and so... Uh, you know, certainly with my patients, I recommend uh, limited to no caffeine if they're under 30. And then over 30, you know, just try and be responsible with it. Some people like Dr. Palmer here uh, are addicted to it. And uh, I-, I could help you come off of that. I have a hmm. physician here to, to ask this question about. Um, so so my biggest vices in life, okay, are, are coffee, the sugar in my coffee, and my Dr. Pepper every day. Those are like okay. my two biggest vices. There's really nothing else. Yeah. If I'm having like two good sized cups of coffee, let's say 14, 16 ounces each, each one with one to two tablespoons of a sugary uh, creamer and then a Dr. Pepper at lunch, one, not multiple in a day. Is that really that bad? Uh, you know, here's what my patients tell me is, is they say I have one Dr. Pepper a day. And what they mean is I have one 64 ounce big gulp of Dr. Pepper a day. <laughs> uh, <laughs> right, right. That's a different story. Right. So a lot of it's kind of what you mean by I have one Dr. Pepper a day. Um, 12 ounce can. Right. So is it that bad? Probably in the long run, you're probably okay. Right. So as we learn more and more about physiology, we see that processed sugar, refined sugar, really causes an inflammatory response in the body. Um, and it's not great for you. Now, that's not to tell you, right, to cut out all sugar like the Whole30 does. You know, as as we're talking, I'm eating M&Ms right now. So some sugar is fine, but it, you have to know what your limits are. And if you see that you're starting to gain weight, I, I'd probably cut back on, on the Dr. Pepper as opposed to the coffee. Calories that you drink, uh, it's e- it tends to be easier to bring in a whole lot more of them. Um, without really paying attention, um, just because they don't fill up your stomach as much. Good advice. Thank you. Oh, you are welcome. Um, real quick, another note about intermittent fasting is that uh, there is the other form I said, which is a 5-2 ratio, and that in that diet, you eat normally for five days of a week, and then the last two days, you restrict yourself to like a 500-calorie-a-day diet. Ooh. which is super restrictive. Like I, that's why I much rather do the, the ratio of on a daily basis than that week ratio. Cause that's, that's kind of rough of having only 500 calories in one day. Yeah. 500 but, calories is not much. 
but that's the only uh, other variation of that diet. Um, like I said, it's enough that for those two days, your, your metabolism stays ramped up burning while you're not feeding it that much. Yeah. So there is the intermittent fasting diet. Sounds like we all had fun. It sounds like none of us would do it again. <laughs> my, my kids would would rise up and uh probably tie up both of their parents and it would be lord of the flies in our house if <laughs> we ever said let's do intermittent fasting again i think i think they're probably i i think one thing i took away from it though is that it's okay not to have breakfast sometimes. And you even said that, Ben, when we were preparing for this. You said, you know, it's been debunked that breakfast is the most important meal of the day. Exactly. Exactly. There used to be that thought that, you know, that ramped up your uh, metabolism and that got everything going, but nah, we don't see that. So, How about, I'm curious, ever since you said that, I've had questions going on in my mind. What about like getting your blood sugars kind of regulated so you're not swinging? Um, and also, like, you know, gain proper fats and proteins and whatnot into your brain and, and bloodstream. What, how do you feel with the breakfast, uh, on those fronts? Uh, again, with, as far as that one, a well-balanced diet is really the big thing. You know, we always say those words, what does that really mean? Um, you know, getting a lot more protein in your diet is a good thing. Um, limiting the amount of fats that you're bringing in overall, and then really limiting that sugar. But our bodies are designed to really keep your sugars at a certain level um, throughout the day. The, the the hormone system that kind of regulates all that does a really good job of really keeping your sugar between probably about 70 and 110 kind of throughout the day um, for normal people. Uh, when you bring in lots of sugar, the sugar levels spike um, and then insulin kind of comes out and tries to get that sugar out of your bloodstream. Uh, and so that's kind of where you you run into issues when you bring in excess sugar. Otherwise, normal healthy person shouldn't have issues with hypoglycemia or not enough sugar in their body, just in general. You know, for a diabetic, this may not be the best uh, plan for doing intermittent fasting. Yeah. But for, for a normal healthy person, very reasonable. This episode is brought to you by Fleet Feet Sports in Scottsdale, Arizona. Fleet Feet Sports is a national running shoe company with each location locally owned and operated. Their location here in Scottsdale, Arizona is located off the Pima Princess exit on Loop 101 in Scottsdale, about a quarter mile east of the freeway. They specialize in getting the best fit for every shoe using their FitID technology. Their employees are expertly trained and know exactly what they're doing and fitting every person that walks through their doors. I have sent my patients there for about five years for good supportive footwear, and it's where I go for my shoes. If you mention that you heard about them on the Doc Doc Goose podcast, you will receive $15 off your first pair of shoes and be entered in their awesome rewards program. And now we've come to everybody's favorite game. Health article roulette. Guys, I know that I'm going to win this week. Let's hear it. Here's my article title. 
Here's how long it'd take you to poop a Lego. <laughs> I'm intrigued. I bet you are. There, there's <laughs> there's well, so many questions. But what, what size still Lego? Relevant. No, no. You don't get to know unless, unless I'm at least voted into the finals. Okay. Maddie, you have one? Did My article, it? the title is A Little Spit. May enhance child's health, doctor says. <laughs> oh. Mm. All right. Mine is ADHD may lead to increased risk of Parkinson's disease. Mm. Oh, this is going to be a tough one. I vote for you two. I don't know. I'm intrigued by the spit thing. Well, me too, but I read the article, so it's... I'd like to find out new information. <laughs> um, I, I think if I can interpret that, what you really just said is, I just found this this headline on my phone and I did not read it. So can you two please go? <laughs> <laughs> That's exactly what that means. As somebody who has known him his entire life, uh, I will. That was brilliant, that though, Matt. Nice work. <laughs> I I could summarize it though. I, I've read enough to know about it. Oh, you know, let's do my article just so I can wing it. Okay. And <laughs> I, yep, I'm going to sacrifice just to hear your winging of your article. Yes, we're gonna let's put, do we're that. Gonna put I'll start off. Here. All right, let's okay. hear this. So I'll start off. So this comes, I'm not even sure it was an article at first. It looks more of like a news video from ABC. And they're giving credit to Denise Dator. Or dadder? I don't know. Anyways, um, they basically start off by saying that, you know, in a world where there's an abundance of hand sanitizer and alcohol wipes, (laughs) a new study reveals too much sanitizing may be why more people than ever are suffering from allergies. So we have, we have come to, talked about this uh, topic in the past. I'm not sure to what extent, but um, this kind of just uh, reiterates that point that, you know, sometimes when kids are growing up, it's good to have them um, exposed to everyday germs and so forth to build up their immune systems. And so one of the points on this is she talks about a pacifier for her baby uh, falling on the ground. And then what does she do from there? Does she go wash it off or put it back in the baby's mouth or put it in her mouth first, washes it, then the baby's mouth? Or does she just wipe it off and there may still be a little dirt on it? I think there's an option that we did not put in there. And that's like we talked last time. You let the dog lick it first and then yes. it helps their yes. immunity. Yeah. That's so, another option. So, insert throwing up sound effect. So anyways, uh, no, the answer is she dusts it off, gets all the noticeable dirt and germs off it, and then puts it back in the baby's mouth. So um, this doctor, Dr. Katie Marks Kogan um, says that saliva beats sanitizing. Mm. 
she she gets the noticeable dirt off. She puts it in her mouth and then the baby. No, sorry, I I shouldn't have even had that as. I, a I may not have been paying attention. Sorry. No, so she picks up the pacifier, dusts it off with her hand or blows on it. I'm not sure, and then puts it in the baby's mouth. Mm. Yeah, it, it sounds like the five second rule to me. Exactly. Yeah. The five second rule that you touched on a while back, where it's five seconds, then turns 10 seconds, then turns to one minute, then it turns to the next day to, right. hey, who cares? If it's exactly. not going to kill you, it's going to make you stronger. Probably. Um, uh, excellent article. Excellent yeah. Article. So I'm glad we did. Sorry. It, it's is a repeat on topics, but I think everybody needs to remember a little spit may enhance your child's health. Uh, nice all right, you guys, I like that here. Here, here's, here's my article. And uh, this, this was a fantastic article because they didn't take themselves too seriously. This was published in a journal and uh, the researchers have kind of went through the literature and they saw, okay, some people have already studied like people swallowing coins. And we know that that takes about three to five days to pass through a normal human person's digestive system. What if a child swallows something a little bit smaller, like a Lego head? Uh, those are very kind of tiny. So instead um, of saying a turtle head spoken out, you could, you could now say a, a Lego head spoken out. Right, right. I'm not prairie dogging it. I'm Lego heading it. So, um, <laughs> Wow. Anyway, their primary outcome in this uh, study was the found and retrieve time score, which for those of you paying attention at home, that would be the fart score. <laughs> <laughs> and they uh, didn't think that through. No, no, no. They they actually I, wrote that out. I really They're, appreciate these guys. I hope they, they these, do more these guys studies. Did a great job with this article. We'll, we'll put the link in the uh, show notes. <laughs> Uh, the fart score for, so what they did was th these researchers said, you know what? We're not going to ask other people to volunteer for this. We're going to do it. So there were six of them. They all swallowed a Lego head and then they, uh, searched through their poo, uh, until they found the Lego head. Five of them found the Lego head. <laughs> One of them is still searching to this day. <laughs> uh, but or the, gave up. Or just gave up, yeah. Or uh, didn't part, search at all. Score, uh, for these guys averaged 1.71 days. So uh, 1.7 days uh, before the Lego head managed to pass through through these researchers. So, you know, they just wanted to kind of say, hey, maybe some smaller things pass through a little bit quicker. And uh, nobody had any adverse events from uh, uh, from swallowing these. So, uh, fantastic study. Um, so, was there a reason they chose to do Lego head and not entire Lego person or a block such as the title describes? Well, if you had a choice of which one came out, <laughs> exactly, which one doesn't uh, have sharp corners. And here, here's the other thing is, um, <laughs> these are the things that kids are going to put in their mouths and actually swallow, right? It's a little bit harder to swallow an actual Lego person. Uh, they're a little bit big for most kids. And so they, they really Challenge wanted to see how is this going to affect kids? So, 
I guess my my thing is, what would you rather find in your poop? A Lego head or a full person? Uh, how often do I have to look through my poop? <laughs> but these these people are volunteering to look through their poop. Right. They may as well go big and find a whole person. It's, I mean, the trouble is it still <laughs> has to make it through your entire digestive system first. And, and it has to pass through the poop. Um, that, that could be a little painful. Uh, I feel like that little Lego head would, would pass a little easier. Anyway, that's my, um, (laughs) the strange thing is when the Lego head came out the other side, it had a completely different facial expression than when they ate it. (laughs) (laughs) It comes in all smiley. It comes out like with that, like scared face, like "Ah!" they're still trying to figure that one out. (laughs) Oh gosh. (laughs) Was your Lego head given a frowny face? No, ours are all smiling. That way. <laughs> Great article. Now, did, did they did they did uh, did they say whether one of them are coffee drinkers or not? Like, does that change how fast this came out? Like, was the one point seven days were they a heavy coffee drinker and the others were not? No, uh, they didn't really look at that. Uh, this was really just to kind of see will it pass through uh, in a reasonable amount of time and without too much pain. Was there any pain reported? No, no pain was was reported. I'm with Matt. I want to see the next study where they, they swallow the bodies. Then I want to see the pain scale on that one too. <laughs> <laughs> to swallow a Lego horse is an eight. <laughs> Lego person is only a five. Lego dragon, you're... 10 out of 10. 10 out of 10. Wow. Awesome. Good article. I'm glad. Really, we can all rest easy now that we have the answer to that question. I I believe so. Well, there you go. You've been educated. Uh, You have survived another episode of Doc Doc Goose. Um, Congrats. Today, today we discussed about the Mediterranean diet being a really a good lifestyle choice and... um, the intermittent fasting diet uh, being a very popular one, but uh, has some issues. And the Whole30 diet is uh, painful for everybody involved. But if you're really dedicated, you might make it two and a half days. So uh, <laughs> additionally, we talked about how a little bit of spit might be good for your kids and uh, that a Lego head can pass through the body uh, in 1.71 days on average. My goal is to break that record. <laughs> uh, they also did recommend in that study uh, do not try this at home um, so for those of you thinking about that uh, if you happen to try it at home please send us your submissions on what your fart score is <laughs> do not uh, pass us the picture of the evidence <laughs> yes please please don't mail us any pictures um, and the other thing is we've we've heard from a couple of you now which is fantastic that you would like us to um, to to maybe feature you on our show or even you've got an interesting medical uh, uh, occupation that you would like us maybe to, to explore. Uh, We really appreciate that. That's fantastic. And uh, so we've got some fun things coming up in the future. If you have other ideas for us, uh, certainly submit them to us at uh, contact at DDGGDPQ. Email.com. Again, that was. Wait, is that real? Nope. (laughs) That that Uh, sounded made up. uh, It might have been. Contact at ddgpodcast.com.
if you are one of the researchers that came up with the fart score, A, you're awesome. B, I want an email from you. We will have you on the show. Yes, we will. This show is dedicated to you, fart score creators. <laughs> I would like to say I would rather swallow a Lego head than do a diet. <laughs> uh, I would concur. Dr. Palmer? <laughs> I, I, I don't know what to say to that. It's better. Well, it's, and it's, there you go, it's, folks. It's better than swallowing a body. How about that? <laughs> two, two out of three on the DDG podcast would swallow a Lego head. I, I guess I guess you get out of it what you put into it. <laughs> oh. dun, dun, dun. I am the Dr. Benjamin Imes. I am the not doctor, Matthew Imes. He's the goose. The goose. The goose, as he is known on the streets. <laughs> Words getting out. The goose is alive. The goose is loose. <laughs> the goose is loose. <laughs> That's great. <laughs> Have a great holiday season. It is almost Christmas. Merry Christmas to everybody. Happy New Year. We'll see you in 2019. We're not going away yet. On our next episode, we will be helping you carry out your 2019 health and fitness goals by helping you connect to online health coaches. As part of that, we will be interviewing online health coach, Sarah Brooks. So stick around to listen to that. That will be on episode six and all the information afterwards will be on our website at www.ddgpodcast.com. Thank you for listening to the Doc Doc Goose podcast. If you like what you heard, please leave a review on iTunes. For more information about the show, visit our website at www.ddgpodcast.com. Follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at the DDG Podcast.